Welcome in to the latest edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Mitch Prosser here with you. We're going to talk about inflation. We're going to talk about the economy. We're going to talk about businesses in South Carolina helping their employees through a difficult time. And Richland 2 is back in the news. But before we do that, I just want to make sure that you guys are subscribing to the podcast. This is available on video, on Facebook and YouTube. It's also audio only available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, uh, Stitcher, wherever you get them, you can find us there. So make sure you go subscribe to the podcast, give us a five-star review, leave us a rating, give us a review, and and make sure you're sharing this with your friends and family. Like us on Facebook, make sure you're sharing it on Facebook so everyone can see us as we continue to be the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. We start with inflation, Mitch, and, and, and we start with, obviously, the Inflation Reduction Act, which was a reconciliation agreement reached by Senator Joe Manchin with Majority Leader Senator Chuck Schumer uh, late in the week last week. We went through that legislation. We went through that reconciliation package uh, in detail on our previous podcast. What's interesting to note is from a CNN analysis, this will actually nudge us in the right direction. Notice that word nudge. Nudge us in the right direction on inflation, but meaningfully address climate change and significantly reduce the government's budget deficits. Now, how does it feel to be Don Quixote? Right. Tilting at windmills. It's it, what's interesting is y'all is Senator Joe Manchin went on the Sunday shows and said that this is not a tax hike. He, either either he hasn't read his own reconciliation, he doesn't understand what's in it. Or he's lying, and those or, are the only three options. Or words mean nothing, and we can say whatever we want in four some options. sort of Orwellian... Four options. Yeah. Four options, because what is a recession? That's the next great documentary, I not what not is a woman. What a recession Right, is. but it's what is a recession. The R word now, which, which apparently on CNN and with relatable, uh, reliable sources, mm. which I believe we still have more viewers than they do, mm. um, reliable sources tells us that, ah, well, it doesn't even, whether we are or are not in a recession, that doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. It's fine. Ignore the fact that you're paying double the price for gas, eggs, milk, bread, cheese. Stay plebe, And go buy an electric vehicle. Yeah. Anyway, Barna did a recent survey across all demographics, across yeah. all Good spectrums. Stuff. Great information here. The most influential issues on voting. Mitch, what would you say the top issue is amongst voters it's, right now? It's the economy, stupid. Inflation. Not you. You're not stupid. Thank but, you. Yeah. I've been called worse. There Inflation, cost of living. This is in order. Food shortages, yep. food costs, oil and gas prices, and the policy around And them. not just in your gas tank, but the, the oil you use to, to power your water heater, the sure. oil you use to power your heater in the wintertime. That's what we don't understand when we just talk about gas prices and we talk about clean energy. It is more than just putting the fuel in your car. Right. It powers the country. We'll get into more of that. Uh, Moderate issues, government spending, public school quality rates as a moderate issue. Something to keep in mind as we head toward 2024 and certainly right now in 2022. But the prime messaging that they got from this study, Mitch, America's economy must be fixed immediately. Take care of my family. I need to prepare and protect my kids. I need to allow them to have personal growth. I need to facilitate our time and experiences together, Mm -hmm. enabling us to be free and happy. I want reasonable government. I want to be allowed personal choices. I want to foster a self-reliant atmosphere. I want to foster independence. I want to maximize my freedom. And I want to... 
people said they want to recalibrate American behavior. Compassionate, caring, kind, respectful, honest, trustworthy, responsible, fair. All of this, Mitch. It feels like it's all over the board. I think all of these issues really roll into one as we're talking about inflation, as we're talking about what some South Carolina businesses are doing here in a mm -hmm. second, and as we get into our conversation again about Richland School District 2. Yeah. So this this research was done by the Barnard Group, yep. um, focuses on over 1,500 people. From what I understand, the survey was pretty extensive, a lot of different questions. Um, I think the survey took the average person around uh, 50 45 to 50 minutes to complete. So this is no fly-by-night uh, organization. Barner Group is trusted. Um, and so the, the yeah. information that we get out of this survey um, in some way reaffirms what we already knew, that Americans are hurting. Um, you, you need that money back in your wallet, your, yeah, your pocketbook. Um, and so how do we do that? And yeah. we could talk about government propping up inflation and all that. We'll, sure. we'll talk about that maybe a little bit through the, the mansion, uh, as it's now being known, the Mansion Inflation Reduction uh, Act and things like that. Um, as we already talked about with it helping climate change more than the economy. But it helps climate change more than the economy and to pay for it. Again, I always ask the question, okay, well, that's a great idea. How are you going to pay for it? Yeah. Let, understand, Well, I don't want you to raise my taxes. I, you get enough of my money. And, you don't need to get any more. And here's how they're going to pay for it. And, that, and this is buried in the back end of the bill. It's a, it's a rather extensive bill. Uh, and Senator Manchin is saying there is no tax hike. There it's is wrong. no tax increase. There, the, the spending package within the bill is around $736 billion. Well, they're, they're also uh, putting in that a $739 billion uh, impact recovery fee, basically, over the next 10 years. And they're going to, as you pointed out in our show prep, they're going to be taxing everyone. Um, they're giving a small break to those who live in poverty, but those of you that live in abject poverty, if you make less than $10,000 a year, teenagers, good news, mm -hmm. uh, you're going to be paying uh, more in taxes. Here it is. This is from Fox Business. Yeah. The vast majority of Americans will pay more in taxes as a result of Democrats' inflation bill. <clears throat> Despite, pardon me, President Biden's pledge not to raise taxes on those making less than $400,000 a year. The act, which was introduced, <clears throat> unveiled on Wednesday by Senator Joe Manchin, would increase tax revenue by $16.7 billion, with a B, dollars. Yeah. Nearly every tax bracket would pay more in taxes. Those making below $10,000 per year, those who make less than $10,000 per year so if will you, see the largest uptick. So if you are a teenager, and uh, thank you for watching and listening to the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. Sorry to be a downer. Uh, proud of you uh, for going ahead and getting out ahead of everyone else in your generation. If you're, if you are the receptionist at the nail salon, or if you are the guy that puts the golf carts away at night at the golf course, and you're making less than $10,000 a year, good news and bad news. Good news is you're out there working. We're proud of you. The bad news is Joe Biden and Joe Manchin say you're going to pay more in taxes. In 2023, the year in which the legislation would increase tax revenue most, individuals making less than $10,000 a year will pay 3.1% more in taxes. Those between 20 and 30,000 would see a 1.1% tax increase. So we're you might think that's not a big number. <laughs> that's a huge number. <laughs> that's a dollar that, on every 100. That's that, a, yeah. That's, that's a, a lot deal. of money. That's a lot of money. Uh, in addition, the share of tax revenue collected from all Americans making more than 200000 per year will remain at the current percentage. 
taxpayers with an annual income of 200000 or more will pay more than 57% of all the federal income taxes. So it is a top-heavy bill, but understand, this according to Fox Business, and that's in the bill, you will be paying more in taxes. Period. Full stop. End of discussion. End of quote. Repeat the line. Yeah, repeat the line. And, right. And that's in the parentheses here, but it's worth it's worth repeating right. over and over and over again because once uh, people feel like you've uh, started to tell them too much, you've only begun to tell them enough. Yep. It's important for you to understand that the decisions that are being made right now are the consequences consequences of elections. And we'll talk about elections and what that means later on, especially as November, November gets closer. It's, closer it's just closer. a few it, a few days away now, right. uh, literally a few weeks away. And uh, it seems like it goes by faster and faster. Right. But as we look at that Barner research and we work through that, and, and as I've already said, and I, I shouldn't overstate it, uh, it's, it's valuable, it, it, it's verifiable, it's good stuff. It's worth noting that Americans from all walks of life, all demographics, all political persuasions, uh, all age ranges are saying similar things. Right. Across all bounds, they're saying, listen, the economy is crushing us. It's crippling us. And the uh, recession, what it, Inflation Reduction Act the, the, that the Joes have passed or are working to pass is really the Green New Deal light. I think it's important for us to understand that what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, I got that right, go, whew, AOC, I'll just run through that. Uh, what, the, what the squad and other hyper-progressive liberals are trying to force down your throat and crush your pocketbook with is this idea of Greta Thunberg coming over here and saying, how dare you destroy the earth? Now, we need to be good stewards of what God's given us, and there's no doubt about that. And I believe that uh, there are ways that we can conserve. But as I said earlier, tilting at windmills is not going to work. If you think that $736 billion is going to cool the earth or warm it or stop climate change, because I don't know if we're in a global warming period. It feels like that in South Carolina. I think we're in our 14th or 15th consecutive day over 90 degrees, but that's it's besides insane. the point. Yeah, it's kind of warm here in South Carolina. We're both dealing with some seasonal allergies. That's right. why he's coughing and I sound like I've got a frog shoved down my throat. So forgive us. Yeah. Uh, $736 billion is not going to curb climate change. Uh, if I can just be so transparent, all the money in the world. It, well, it, it, it's... It, it's the, an issue that can't be tackled by government spending. I, I just vaguely remember this verse. It just, you know, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah. It, it, God, it controls the way the sun rises and the sun sets. And when it rains, thank God. And when it doesn't, thank God. And when it, it God, 700, I mean. Well, the theology of the left, again, because everything's theology. The theology of the yeah, left that's, is that's right. <clears throat> climate change is the ultimate evil. It's not the yes. serpent in the garden. It is climate and change. And it's your fault because you are a carbon-based, <clears throat> petroleum-based society. So if right. you power your home by coal, shame on you. Right. If you power your car by gasoline or diesel, shame on you. Go buy an electric. If you, if you heat your home with uh, petroleum products or natural, ga natural gas, yeah. shame on you because fracking is bad. <laughs> Which mother, is which mama, is, mama Earth. Which actually, fracking is actually the mo 
probably one of the more clean ways to get... Maybe that's people. what's causing all the earthquakes in Elgin. Who knows? Maybe that's <clears throat> cracking in Elgin. Um, breaking news. We go... Now, we bring this local. Uh, companies both in Columbia and Greenville, this according to the Post and Courier, are helping their employees cover the cost yes. of gas and other necessities. The Right Dose Corporation and Eastern Industrial Supplies uh, have decided to give their workers a financial boost. For its part... Right Dose, which is a pharmaceutical organization in in Columbia, pardon me, is adding an extra $100 a month to the paychecks of its more than 450 employees. So this is an extra stipend tacked on to their paycheck. The idea came to CEO Jody Chastain as he was filling up his truck, feeling his own pain in the pump as the dial ticked to $175 to fill up his truck. So the CEO wanted to reduce workers' travel costs to the amount they were spending two years earlier. So he landed on a dollar amount he estimates will reduce the impact that, based on this, if they use this stipend only for gas, it will reduce their pain at the pump to two fifty a gallon, that's bringing a it deal. back to what it was two years ago. Well, that's great. Now, they turn to Novo Holdings to seek permission for the stipend. Two other subsidiaries are doing the same thing. Eastern Industrial Supply CEO Kip Miller in Greenville heard about another company aiding its employees. It pushed him to act on the, on some assistance, but rather than a stipend, Eastern Industrial Supply chose a one-time bonus. $500 for full-time workers, $250 for part-time workers. Employees could put it toward gas, groceries, other expenses. They don't really clamp down sure. on how you can use it. Eastern employee, Eastern Supply employs 350 workers in South Carolina and several other states. Here's what. Here's why this is important. This, again, is from the Post and Courier. You can find it. Uh, Jessica Holdman on that story published on Sunday. This is the important part of this. This is not government coming yes. in to say... Because my view is gov- it's not the government's job to protect mm-hmm. you at all costs. That's not the government's job. That makes the two of us. The government's job is to facilitate an environment in which economic prosperity can occur. Yes. When the government does not do that, it is then incumbent on private employers to somehow, some way, provide for their employees. Because when you enter into an employer-employee relationship, that's where the employer does take on a bit of a role to make sure that the employees are provided for. In this case, we see private industry making smart fiscal decisions that don't hurt their employees. Now, the stipend, probably taxed. Don't know that for sure, but I would, I, imagine, I would assume. I would assume again. I'm not sure. Rendered the one time, the one yeah, the one time yeah. stipend. Cool. Yeah. What this is though, are private businesses and CEOs understanding my employees are feeling the pain, and I'm going to do what I can to alleviate said pain on their wallet and on their bank account. So that they have a little bit more comfort. Because we talked about with the Barner Research, Mitch, people need comfort. People desire comfort. Here's what's interesting. Those who said they were very satisfied on the following issues. Accessibility of economic opportunities. 15% of those surveyed said they were very satisfied. 15% said they were very satisfied in small business opportunities. This is all relates back to the fact that people are not satisfied with the economy. And the closer you can get people to 
feeling like they don't have to worry every night as their head hits the, hits the pillow. When you're having to worry, Mitch, every night when your head hits the pillow, how am I going to put gas in my car while I still have to pay for some meds for my kids? Right. I have a prescription I need to get filled for my sixth son, or I put gas in my car. Yeah. That's not a quandary you should be in in a first world country. Right. Now, again, there the economic decisions of this current administration have caused this. Yeah. So it's incumbent upon us, and the Christian approach to inflation is this. Your money isn't even yours. The government's money isn't even the government's, right? We believe, it, it, Christians believe that everything we have is on loan from God, right? You are stewards right. of his creation, and his creation includes the money that he's allowed you to have. It is up to you and I and us to be good stewards of what God has blessed us with. And unfortunately, good stewardship isn't really practiced very often in the halls of government, both local, city, state, and federal. All across all boards, it's really never stewarded well. And that leads us, we're talking about stewarding money. Yeah. Mitch, I'll give you the final word. On yeah, that, on I, I think it's important to, to take a look at, and I, I just pulled something up. It, it's got something we were joking about the other day. And, mm -hmm. and I think it's important to note um, this might be your history time of the day. Our country has lasted for a long period of time, longer than any nation. And one of the reasons, uh, under, not under, longer, one, under yeah, one constitution, under one constitution, not longer than any other nation. The Chinese might have something to say about that, uh, Rome but, would too. but over and over dynasties over yeah. and over again. So the reason why our nation has lasted so long under one constitution is because we, it was, it was well-written in 1787 and then it's been enacted over all this time. Listen to what the preamble, the preamble of the Constitution says. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of our, our of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do <laughs> ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. Thomas Jefferson said it was the government which governed least that governed best. Why? Because sure. its people were able to maintain, they were able to control, self-control themselves. The problem with what we're seeing right now when it comes to inflation, when it comes to the government handing out more money, is that those rights, quote-unquote rights, those gifts are not secured by the Constitution. Sure. They're not. And so we're acting out uh, outside of, of what we were set up to do. It just doesn't work. And the beauty of what Kip Miller and the people at Right Dose are doing is the private sector, because of the benevolence of their heart, are giving back to their employees, taking care of their employees yes. to ensure that in the midst of government chaos and craziness, people in society are well taken care of. So good, good people doing good for others, and that's how we grow in economy not the government handing out checks. As we transition back to these life aspects, 16% of Americans surveyed said they are very satisfied with the quality of parenting in our country. 15% huh. are very satisfied with the values embraced by most adults. 14% are very satisfied with the values and views taught in public schools. And 13% are highly, very satisfied in the quality of life for America's children. Uh, another, angry about the current condition of America, 73% said they were angry about the current condition in America. 
pride in their nation. 65% were extremely or very proud with their What's that nation. number again? 65%. Are proud? Extremely and very proud of America. That's good. <laughs> so Should be closer to 100. All of those factor into this next story. From, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, yeah. from Libs of TikTok. <laughs> we've, we've done this before. Remember we talked about this. Richland 2 closed their library access to anyone. They just un, they just unhindered you um, a couple weeks ago. This from Libs of TikTok. Richland School District 2 in South Carolina has been exposed for removing guest access to the school's district's online library catalog because of the current political climate and scrutiny. The move made it impossible for parents to access the catalog and view what books were made available. Parents submitted a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act, last month, so in July, which revealed an email from Richland School District officials demanding the library to be locked. The now-disclosed emails were sent by the media specialist Amy Whitfield, uh, citing Nancy Gregory to remove guest access to all catalogs and directed the staff to do this as soon as possible. McGee Moody, who we've had on the show with us talking about the Save Women's Sports Act, he is running for school board in Richland School District 2. He was involved in uncovering the secret library catalog. He spoke to Libs of TikTok saying, quote, schools are trying to push an agenda. They don't want parents to know what's going on in the classroom. When you block off a library, it tells me you have something to hide. There's something you don't want people to see, and that's a huge red flag. They did lift the restrictive access and, and allowed guest access back to their online libraries. But here's what we're talking about today. A quick search reveals 29 book options when searching the district's middle school libraries when you search the words gender identity. In the elementary school category, books being hidden from the public included stories for children about gender identity, transgender kids using opposite-sex bathrooms, cross-dressing toddlers, and racist founding fathers. One of those books includes I Am Jazz. Here's the illustration on the screen for you. I Am Jazz tells the story of, a, of Jazz, a transgender toddler who has a girl brain but a boy body. And in that you see, I have a girl brain, but a boy body. That is called, this is called transgender. I was, I was born, born this way. way. Thank you, Lady Gaga. Yeah, wow. Uh, more, more to this, Stamped is offered by Richland School District 2 to tell your little ones that Trump, quote, promotes racist ideas all over the place. And the founding fathers were deeply flawed individuals who had, who had racist thoughts and did racist things. Here's on the screen. Let's look at the Black Lives Matter right here. In 2016, the presidential election between candidate Hillary Clinton and candidate Donald Trump shocked millions of people. Unlike presidential elections of the past, in which candidates felt they couldn't be so obvious about their racist ideas, what? That they instead needed to use coded language, Trump did the opposite. The nation listened as he spread racist ideas about Mexicans and Muslims. He promoted racist ideas all over the place, all while saying he wasn't racist when he was confronted. It worked. And in case you're wondering, Stamped brought to you by Jason Reynolds. Oh, who is it? Who is it written by? Uh, Jason Reynolds and this guy named Ibram X. Kendi. And in case you're wondering, just a few of his other books, <clears throat> How to Be an Anti-Racist, Anti-Racist Baby, um, Stamped and Stamped for Kids. This is um, Stamped for Kids. Then. And How to Raise the Anti-Racist, all a uh, myriad of books. Um, 
Good Night Racism. Like Good like Good Night Moon? Yeah, very similar. Okay. Um, and some with other veiled names, uh, but all focusing on what it means to be a quote-unquote anti-racist. Learning about the history of racism means discovering that some people, even some people you may have considered heroes, Mitch, were mm -hmm. deeply flawed individuals. Oh, Tommy J? Who had racist thoughts and did racist things. Was Thomas Jefferson a racist? It can feel crushing. Oof. That's yeah, a oof. direct quote. O-O-F. But hey, it's not easy being a truth seeker. Which brings us to Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> what, is, what the, is what the article and, says. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I am for freedom of thought. I think freedom of thought is very important. But understand. You cannot project your own deluded ideas of our nation's founding and history, nor your deluded, deranged, ridiculous views on human sexuality onto children. Again, we used to live in a society, and when I say used to, I mean like five seconds ago, where these types of things were abhorrent. You didn't push this on children. We now have multiple stories every single week. Every Monday, you can count on three stories about a drag show for kids <laughs> somewhere in the United States of America. It's disgusting. It's ridiculous. And every single one of the people who bring their children there should be prosecuted. Just my opinion, not the view of the podcast. <laughs> Jacob's Room to Choose. Yeah. These are all books in a Richland 2 library. Let me, let me say two things real quick. Um, first of all, disclaimer. Um, oh, yes. not all, not all of our founding fathers were great people. Not a all lot of them, of them were flawed, but I think everyone's not flawed. all of them were evil people. Right. They were people. And just like you, just like me and just like Ibram X. Kendi, but see, here's, we all fall short of the glory and uh, glory of God. And we're all in need of his grace. That's not true, Mitch. That's not true. See, in the theology, we talk about the theology of climate. Let's talk about the theology of humanity in the theology of humanity. Uh, if you are not anti-racist, which means against racism, but in a more proactive way, which in turn makes you racist. If you're not fully understanding, Mitch, that as a white male, mm -hmm. you... My intersection, that I got you. Yeah. are the problem. Yes. You, yes. specifically you, Me. and in fact, because your kids are white, your kids are the problem yeah, too. Probably, uh, yes. Because of that, you have to come to grips with the fact that your founding fathers were not the founding fathers of this country for everyone. Yeah. And that while they wrote the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence saying everyone's created equal, they all went home to their slaves. Yeah. Might be worth exploring the relationship between Booker T. Washington and W.B. Du Bois. But, uh, and for Frederick another, Douglass. Yeah, for another time and another uh, location. Sure. Uh, maybe another edition of the fastest sure. growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. But the point is, you're the problem in theology. Yes. yes. Moving forward beyond that. Yeah. Um, if you have small children, what we're about to say um, could be um, against what their tender little ears need to hear. My three boys, uh, I wouldn't be reading this for them. Uh, but it's worth exploring this because you need to know what's in Richland 2 High School Library. So if you have small children, um, either pause, kick them out of the room. If you're in the car, don't kick them out of the car. Yeah, this, is, this is your warning. Um, pause it if you need to. This is yeah. your warning. 
By the way, we will be having a conversation with Senator Josh Kimball of Spartanburg on Monday. Yeah. Talking about this issue, it's not just in Richland, too. It's not just in Richland County. It's happening in Spartanburg as well. We'll talk about that with there is pornography. There is pornography in public school libraries. Of course there is. Uh, and, it, and it's only in high school libraries because they can handle it. That's not true. It's in middle school libraries as well. And I would suggest that some of the things that we've already read would classify as porn in elementary school we libraries. Will, we will not put this on the screen. No. Because if we put this on the screen, we would be shut down. It goes against my religion. Yeah. Uh, um, High schools in the district are yeah. carrying this book called Flamer. It's the name of the book, which does contain very explicit literal, contents, literal pornography, literal pornography, a discussion of sexual acts, um, making light of, of of sexual acts. It, 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 I mean, I'll just read one thing. I started watching my dad's porn a lot, uh, and eventually I stumbled upon dot dot dot. These are always, typically, these are um, not technically cartoons, but more like comic-style graphic novels because the words don't mean anything. we got to have the pictures to go along right. with it. These are in high school libraries across Richland School District 2. And again, most parents will say, you know, you get to the point, they're high schoolers, they probably know more. That, that's, that's fair. But the point is, schools, now again, the, the Supreme Court plays a role in this too, right? Because we consider pornography art or yeah. something in the United States of America? The NEA, yeah. Right. So the point is, these books, which if you, want, if you want to see this, you can. Just go to Libs of TikTok, scroll down enough, you'll find the link to the FOIA request that, they, that, that was filed. That they have Enter at your own risk. Enter at your own risk, because I can't even stay on this page. Um because I'm worried about how the cookies will be tracked. <laughs> yeah. So the point is, all of these books are in schools. It takes a FOIA request. One, to get them to open access back to the libraries. Two, it takes a FOIA request for us to find out what's in the libraries. Mitch, this has been a problem we talked about. We talked about it in Rock Hill yeah. uh, in the fall. It was we, down we in covered Charleston, it. We've covered it Greenville, all spring. Spartanburg. Richland. Yeah, now we're in the summertime. In, in case you're wondering, California has come to Carolina. Just saying. What's the Christian response to this? Well, I think uh, the Christian response might be summed up in McGee Moody's words. We'll give him the final word as far as TikTok, and then I'm getting off of this. Um, he says, uh, McGee Moody, former swim coach, USC, mm -hmm. had been on our podcast talking about women's sports, yep. and he's running for school board there in Richland, too. He says this, I believe it's the parents' right to have those conversations with their children when they believe the time is right. He has the audacity to finish this quote, that quote with this line, parents know their children best. Wow. It, Revolutionary. Now it, I'm getting off of this page. It's at the point where we have warped ideas about gender and sexuality. We have a representative, Miss Cortez, Call, with a group of drag queens on some the show calling them patriots, patriots, which I I don't even know where to begin. Mel Gibson, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, calling them patriots. We, a that, lot that's of an issues. image I just, oh boy, wow, yeah. A lot of different issues that are, that, are, that are creeping themselves up, and it's, and it's going into now public Creepy. education. And, and I put the emphasis on creep. Um, be aware. Be, be that parent. Yeah. Be that parent. Who and I don't have children. Be that parent who's going to analyze what's being taught to your children, what they're what's being masqueraded in front of them. You need to know, and then 
as, as, as Christians, we need to understand that we do live in a fallen world. These things are going to continue to happen. Unfortunately, we can do all that we can to stop it, and we should. But we also have to understand that at the end of the day, truth is revealed in creation. Truth, Moral truth has already been revealed in the yeah. heart of man. Uh, it, this is just an open, open um, rebellion. Against the natural order. That's just natural. all it is. And and it, it. and it even brings us stuff like monkeypox. Anyway, final thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Final thing. Last night, the oh, Governor Hopeful? The Vice Governor. The Vice Governor. The Governor of Vice is in case announced... you haven't heard the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. I think that's the fifth time I've said that. Probably. So yes. Uh, the, the Democratic candidate in South Carolina's governor's race introduced his pick for lieutenant governor last night in Greenville. Formally introduced. It was it was broken by the AP. Who did he pick, Justin? He decided on Miss Tally Parham Casey. TPC. Casey is a former fighter pilot and a civil litigator with two decades of experience. She served three combat tours in Iraq and was the first female fighter pilot in the history South Carolina. Uh, this is from WIS-TV. First of all, we'll do the patriotic and political thing. Miss TPC, thank you for your service and thank you for keeping America safe. Absolutely. There's no joking in that. Thank you. No. Thank you for your service. She was introduced in Greenville at the Greenville Convention Center on Monday evening. You thought I was going to go an entire podcast without being cheeky, didn't you? Mitch, how many people were there? Uh, the Greenville Convention Center. Uh, you said the Convention Center? Greenville Convention Center. I'd imagine that place holds a lot of people. Um, how many people were there, Mitch? Uh, I'm going to say, I don't want to highball or lowball you. Uh, he put me on the spot. I, I'm guessing, based on other events from this past weekend, five, 600 people. Miss Tally Parham Casey was introduced to a crowd of 150 people inside the Greenville Convention Center on Monday evening. But all of them are voters. That's good. <laughs> Casey was met with thunderous applause when she entered the convention hall. Thunderous applause from the 150 people. I mean, did they have piped in applause? Cunningham said, I wanted a fighter, someone who would not back down to anybody, and Tally is exactly the kind of leader this state needs. He's going to need help. Before taking mm -hmm. the stage, Casey was introduced by friends, family, state Democratic leaders, and Cunningham himself. Um... Let's see. Tally is a gifted woman, her husband said. I hope he said that. Casey spoke of, of, of a future during her speech, saying that she joined Cunningham's ticket because she believed in his vision for the state. For the state. Casey has rallied for abortion rights, saying the overturning of Roe v. Wade was a pivotal moment in her decision to step off the sidelines and pursue a run for office. We can do better, Casey echoed multiple times, speaking of the McMaster administration. She called for increasing funding for education. That's happened. Improving roads across the state, that's happened. And legalization of both sports betting there it and is. marijuana. She's the vice lieutenant all of vice which, governor. All of which are campaign platforms for the Cunningham-Casey campaign. Casey ended by expressing her gratitude for Cunningham, who she said has bonded over she has bonded with over the past few weeks over their shared love of family, South Carolina, and Bob Marley. <laughs> you're, you're, They'll cry. Uh, did you, I'm proud, you're, you're joking. No, that's Bob. that's an actual thing. And Bob Marley. I'm proud to be on this ticket with a good man, oh a good leader, the next government, next governor of the state of South Carolina. Cunningham's selection of Casey gives major candidate both major candidates a running mate with upstate ties. That's important. Pamela Yvette uh, is from Traveler's Rest. This is the second cycle in which the lieutenant governor will be on the same ticket. As the governor, Henry McMaster, governor of South Carolina, issued a statement in response, quote, 
While we appreciate Miss Casey's service to our nation and welcome her to the race, Joe Cunningham's choice of running mate will have far less of an impact on the campaign than his record as a left-wing Joe Biden Democrat who has spent more time chasing TikTok followers than working to improve the lives of South Carolinians. Now you added that part. No, I didn't. That's a quote. Oh my goodness. Who has spent more time chasing TikTok followers than working <laughs> to improve the lives of South Carolinians. Um, listen, congratulations to Miss Tally Parham yeah. Casey. Thank you for entering the ring. That's what you should do. If you feel like your government isn't working for you, then you should get involved. Get involved. That's and, right. And uh, we look forward to seeing this campaign um, be a heated battle through uh, Election Day in November. I look forward to a close race in November. If, um, and listen, I, consider this now. We are the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state I would of South say Carolina. that we have... Way more listeners than they had at Greenville. Oh, uh, a lot more. But I will take this moment. Thank you. I will take this moment to say we are just shaping the state from a biblical worldview. We are a nonpartisan organization. We just espouse conservative viewpoints. So, to that end, I, right here, right now, Miss Miss Casey, uh, as you're running for lieutenant governor, would love to have you join us here on the podcast. Yeah, we can to come discuss, to Greenville. I'll come to Greenville to discuss the issues that you believe are important to you and to the people of South Carolina. We can have those discussions. Uh, make sure you're ready. Make notes. He is always welcome as well. We would love to have those conversations as we head toward the November election. So whether it's inflation, whether it's continued indoctrination in our own schools right here in Richland County, right down the street, um, or if it's the new vice lieutenant governor being announced, our candidate, last night, in Greenville to a raucous crowd of just enough to be triple digits. We are covering everything we can for you this week here on the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. One one note to mention, later on this week, we're going to be having a great conversation with Aaron Getz, who is one of the top people that March for Life. Her story is fantastic, yes. and you're going to hear that later this week. Next week, Lisa Kerr with Lighthouse for Life will join us to talk about human trafficking in South Carolina Huge and some deal. different legislation Very that is going big. forward to fight human trafficking in South Carolina. That will be paired with a conversation I will have with Senator Josh, State Senator Josh Kimbrell about some issues in Spartanburg. And next week, we will also have, we're going to be thrilled to be joined by Congressman Joe Wilson of the 2nd Congressional District in the state of South Carolina. And he will talk to us about everything that he loves talking about. And we look forward to yeah, that conversation. Excited. He's looking forward to that conversation as well. Talked to him um, last weekend. So a lot coming up. Please, again, leave us a review. Leave us that five-star rating. Share this on Facebook. Get this out to your friends and family. This has been another edition of the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. For Mitch Prosser, I'm Justin Paul. We will see you on the next edition of the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast.